Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless bad. There will definitely be some that That's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, stupid that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. This segment of the podcast is sponsored by Dragonflight, a tabletop games convention dedicated to promoting the educational and social benefits of gaming in the Pacific Northwest. Sign up now at dragonflight.org. Now back to our show. Hey Geeks, Blue Samurai here is episode 58 of Geeks of Cascadia, and I am with... Rebeculous, and to my left is... I am still Paul. Is it really? We're at Around the Table of Limwood, Washington. This is my favorite place. Is it really 58? I swear you skip episodes or you record ones and don't tell me. I think he says random numbers. He said 37 last week. Hmm. Did I? Did you? No. I don't know. Last week was several weeks ago. Nope. It's 58. 58. Oh, 58. <laughs> but we have a great show for Time you today. Flies. We have, of course, a game mm, review. Really of great show. Quacks of Quidlinburg. Yes. I hope I got that right. I think that sounds right. That sounds right. Let's Quidlin- go with it. Quidlinburg. Let's go with that. Let's all say it. Quidlinburg. 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 Yes. yes. So we got Doug and Kelly doing that. Or maybe just Doug. Maybe just Kelly. I don't know. Kelly and I'm Doug. I'm just going to plug Kelly in the video. And Doug. Kelly and Doug. Doug and Kelly and Kelly and Kelly and Kelly. We also have what? We also have. We have I feel told, very singy have, today, just so you know. Sorry. Just, disclaimer. There's going to be singing. We have a great interview from, from when we were at Dragonflight in August with um, Tony Van Lu, creator of Not in My City. Not in My City. Yeah. Was, was that when I was seeing Weird Al? Yes. Sorry. No. Yes. I wasn't there. Wait, you saw Weird Al on Saturday. Yes. So Friday, you just chose not to come. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was preparing mentally for Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> Brushing right. up right. on my songs. So before we get to those things, though, what's happening in con news? Oh, we're just going to jump straight into con news and not do, do any banter? Do you want me, well, what about I'll the beer? It. What about the beer few minutes? Is, the beer minute. What is this? The minute of beer. That is Big Chocolate Love from Big Salish Brewing. Big Chocolate Love. Here in what, what, what do they also make? Brewing. Yes, they make um, oh blackfish stout. Blackfish stout. Yes. Wow, why couldn't I remember that? <laughs> this is your fourth big chocolate love. You have a lot on your mind. I do. And Rebecca? I have myself a peanut butter blonde ale from Narrows Brewing in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-hmm. And it does taste like Wait, peanut butter. Wait, don't you have a peanut allergy? No. We'll find out. Okay, we'll there find you out go. soon enough. Do you know all your first aids and things that you need to know no, to save me? You, nope. I'm gonna watch no, you he has people for that. Loot the body. <laughs> Take your money. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna get some more oh. beer for me. Oh, I forgot <laughs> my wallet. Is it time to tell you that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually didn't. I'm um, ha- having a um, rye IPA, I believe, from Rubens Brewing. Is that also because local. Because you have a rye sense of humor. Yes, because I'm very rye. Oh, that's horrible. Anyway. You want to go into? No, point. I want to talk about Disney Plus. Okay. Everybody get Plus. Disney Plus. Oh my God! I already gave them my seventy dollars. I don't know how to do that. What is go, Disney go Plus? To, to, to search Disney Plus, and there will be a website that comes no, no, up. No, I got, I got that. But how do I get it on my big TV? Oh, do you have? Um, is it a smart TV? Um, I don't know. Do I? Have okay. A- do you have a PlayStation Four? No. So get a PlayStation Four. 
No, don't, because the five comes out next year. That would be stupid. Do you have an um, an Xbox whatever one? Xbox. No. Talk to your kids. No. Do you have kids? I have kids. They can ask this. Winston how to get this done. That's your answer. He'll Winston know. will figure it He'll out. Know. Does he want to watch The Mandalorian? Well, the, we all want to watch Mandalorian. Okay, well there you go. He'll figure it out. I can't even get CBS access. Well, you don't want that because it costs like thirty-five bucks a month. What? Yes. I want to watch Picard. Me too, but not for thirty-five bucks a month. No, I'm not going to do that. Forget that. No. You, no. Well, like, and, 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 what, and what else comes with that? You get like Murder She Wrote, Matlock, The Bob Newhart Show. Oh my god! It's going to be great. All my favorite shows. Is Golden Newhart, Girls on there? Golden oh. Girls probably on there. Everything from CBS. Every Mash episode. Every Mash episode is going to be on there. Nathan, if you're listening, okay. you can watch every Math episode one more time. Every wow. Math episode. Everyone with all the math. Okay. Really? It's that much? I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. What happens when every network has their own app? We're going to be spending $2,000 exactly. $2, a month. I will. We're never will not be. Talk to I don't watch any TV anyway. I just fall asleep. Mm. So. Wow. I've been watching uh, The Man in High Castle. Oh, yeah? I have not seen I, 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 I'm intending to watch that. It seems interesting. It does. I've been watching, shoot, I forgot what it's called. Starring Paul Rudd, Living Two Lives, or Living something like He's double, he got cloned. Oh. He's like a better version of himself. I've heard of that. Living okay. with yourself, something hmm. like that. It's kind of neat. It's kind of scary, but kind of funny. Okay. And okay. it's got two Paul Rudds. Two Paul Rudds is better than one Paul Rudd. It mm-hmm. is. That's what I heard. Did, so, we right. give you, did we give you enough banter so that you can put the website <laughs> for the con news? Yes, yes, Aww. we did. Okay. okay. Go ahead. So, go coming it. up. We should have had a segue, part of our banter as a segue. I wrote a segue. Oh, well. You wrote a segue? I, wrote, I write a segue every day. What you got? What's your shirt? This is okay. my new shirt. I bought this to support um, one of um, Will Wheaton's charities. What does the the shirt say since this is it an says audio podcast? It says Acting Ensign. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And it's got the black flag logo, but with acting in some colors on it. Mm. So, mm, I su- yeah, yeah. yeah. Will Wheaton's very clever, and I support his charities. What is, what is, his, what is that charity for? I don't remember. It's because it was like two you four months like, ago. You like Will Wheaton, but you hate Wesley Crusher. I don't. I don't really hate Wesley Crusher I don't anymore. Like Wesley I did Crusher. at the time. I don't like him. I don't but love I like him. That's because, because you. Like when's the last time you actually watched Star Trek: Next Generation? It's been a while. So it's like as an adult. You have a whole different attitude. I just still think of him as the Stand so. By Me kid. I think you do. Was he st- Stand He's by the me? lead in Stand By Me. Him and River Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Saw Was it he? nine oh, times. Yeah. Mm. I don't think about that. I don't. Because you're I don't not know. a girl. It's a girl. Because thing. it's a Stephen King movie from the 80s. And it's like, eh. You don't even really remember that when you're watching. It's, it's a girl thing. It's a young girl thing. Were you ever a young girl? No. You go, sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> I haven't known him that long. It's possible he could have been a young girl at some point. So speaking of young girls. By the way, <laughs> is that we, the segue? This podcast would have been totally okay with that if that is the direction I wanted to go in. Yes. That's right. We're very I support you. Wait, very, I want to hear how he's going to finish right, this segue of speaking okay, of so young girls. In Portland, Oregon, November 15th through 17th, Kumoricon. It's anime, culture, and fandom combined. More of what you love. Mm, Looks really, really cool. Um, they support um, cosplay and all kinds of fun anime stuff. That is at the Oregon Convention Center. And there's a lot going on that same weekend. Um, uh, in Vancouver, B.C., very near Portland, Oregon. By the way, that is Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Maine. 
since you guys always call me out on that. Well, it's good to specify. <laughs> you never know. Vancouver, Some super BC, rich, which is not near Portland. I've got the wrong Vancouver. Fly off to Maine. We've got Coupocon, which is a Final Fantasy X-themed convention, which sounds great to me. We've got uh, the, the person who is currently voicing um, Aerith Gainsborough for the for the um, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Hey, they kind of look like the characters the they people. voice. Well, yeah, this, and this and the guy from Final Fantasy X who cooks, Looks who like does that voice, whatever his name is, is going to be there. Um, looks really cool. It's November 16th. Um, there's a Moonflow Masquerade at 8 p.m. until late. It's going to be at the Pinnacle Hotel in Harbor Front. Look, they spelled Harbor with the O-U-R. Yeah, because like it's fancy. Because you get to charge more. Of, yeah. You get to charge more. Well, they, they are Canadian. Yeah. Um, so you, get, well, you also get to charge more. That's cool. If you use the U in Harbor or Color. Did not know that. And the same weekend in Seattle, Washington is um, November 15th through 17th. I mean, Geek Girl Con. That's what right. you should have led with. With the segue. I'm, I'm, I'm almost yeah, ending with that one. Rebecca will be there doing interviews with all of the That's geek right. girls. It's going to be fantastic. It's at the convention center. When? It is the 15th through 17th of November. Oh. It's yeah. 18 days, 7 hours, and 34 minutes if you're watching us live. We got to send an email to them, ask for a media badge. You should do that. Um, I work all weekend, so oh, yeah. enjoy. Um, anything cool going on here? Uh, well, nothing really on the top of their website is really telling me anything. It's the normal stuff. They've it's got nice cosplaying. You've got nerd stuff, comic books, um, video games, I think. Anyway, Geek Girl Con. Know it and love it. <laughs> and then coming up very short after that in January <laughs> is OrcaCon, the 10th Yay. through the 12th. Yeah. So, um, Go to orcacon.org. Um, you can get your badge there. You can click the link to reserve a room, which is the smartest way to do it. You can check out the food trucks that are going to be there. Off the Res is going to be back. That was really, really good last year. Did you uh, partake in that at all last year? Off the Res food truck? I don't remember. Was it really sloppy? think so. Oh, then maybe you did. I, I feel like I visited almost every food truck. Okay, it was delicious. It was really, really good. It was really hard to eat, but it was really, really good. So they're going to be back. I feel like I sat in the hotel and ate from the hotel restaurant. You probably instead did. Instead of going to the food. I think I was there during the gap where the food goes. Yes. Because they weren't overlapping That's not going that to happen this year because there's going to be overlapping. No gap. There will, um, from the point where That's they start awesome to the end in the evening, there will, will, there will be a food truck available. The coffee truck is going to stay all day until they run out. That's wise. Yes, because we all want coffee. Who doesn't? I do. I want some right now. I like that room coffee. The, oh yeah, the room. If you stay on the ninth floor, if you pay the little bit extra to stay on oh, the ninth yes. floor, that was special. You get, you, you get a few perks, like there's a coffee machine up there that it makes quote unquote Starbucks coffee. And usually, if you go to Paul's room, he's got some kind of hard liquor. Oh yes. Time. Well, I am still Paul. Yes. And that's what I do. Still. Like still. 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 Yeah. I have a still in my room. Hopefully, it won't <laughs> explode this year like last year. Uh. So that's. My news for OrcaCon, but OrcaCon, OrcaCon.org. Check it out. Get your badge. Sounds good. And what do we got going in uh, tabletop gaming news? That's me. That's me. Okay, well, I'm sure you remembered because you are absolutely hanging on my little game reports. But this week's theme, this podcast theme was spooky things. Spooky things. Although this podcast might air 
after Halloween. But, you know, so. that's fine. No. So well, maybe. <laughs> so I was looking up some spooky things, and here's what we found. We found from uh, Pocket Option Games, Rock Band Fights Evil. Can you put some fancy things in there when you edit this, please? Maybe. So that... I'm not sure what <laughs> okay. myself I don't know. Whatever you, whatever you want to do. I, I always ask you guys to do that, and you never do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Christopher Ferguson of Pocket Option Games. It's a tabletop micro game. Um, it's a diceless. It's really tiny. It is. It is actually really mm-hmm. tiny. In fact, part of their little spiel online was that it's uh, it all folds up into a four by six envelope. It's only letter postage, oh. so they don't have to go through customs declaration or any extra fees or anything, and they can get it to you like that wherever wow. you are in the world. Okay. Uh, Diceless microgame. Hell has come to collect promised souls, but the rock band who sold their souls won't go without a fight. So rock band sold their soul as rockers tend to do, so they can make it big, and then it's time to pay up. And you are either the rock band or you are the uh, demons from hell, trying to uh, trying to grab their souls for your big evil boss. And that's it, I guess. Um, there's just little tokens and a board and a rule book and a title page, which takes the place of a box. Again, saving on. Saving on shipping. These guys are thrifty. They have a lot of pocket games, I guess. This is their what they do. Well, so. Shipping really messes things up. Yeah, I wondered if it did, and that's why these guys were really uh, uh, on top of it, and there was a big thing about it, and I was impressed. Don't get me started on shipping coconut water. It's very Not complicated. going to get still, Paul, started on coconut water. All right, so second in the horror-themed uh, games that I saw are called Vamp on the Batwalk. Like, you know what a catwalk is, obviously, mm-hmm. right? So Vamp on the Batwalk. Mm-hmm. I shake uh, my little tush on the... Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. It's uh, an old co- lady song that only three people <laughs> on the entire podcast recognize. That's not true. That's three. That's not, <laughs> who sang it? I don't remember. Right, right said, said Fred. Fred. Oh, Come on. That's right. Cody Thompson of Gold Nugget Games created Vamp on the on the Batwalk, and I actually watched the little video, and it was cute as can be. Super easy to learn. It's like a trick-taking game for two to six players, and you got these uh, six different sets of pretty colored tarot cards. The whole game's really nicely colored. Rule book and six-player cardboard standee things, and they're all like these really attractive and well-dressed vampires. That sounds Young. awesome. I know, it's kind of cool. Uh, the box itself becomes the board. You turn it over and there's cool. a catwalk and it also serves as a little score tracker and you uh, shuffle all your little decks together and when you hold your hand up, your hand is facing the players so you can't see your own hand and you're playing your cards based on color and some other kind of strategy and you just move one by one by one until you get to the corner of the end of the catwalk and fall off and win, I guess. Cool. So... Uh, so that was Vamp on the Catwalk, Golden Knight Games. I say that. Um, yes, that's that. Number three. Let's see. Oh, this is this is horror-ish. Demons: The Ninth Circle of Hell, Unleashed, from mm. award-winning games. I was trying to stick to Seattle games, but this one's out of Georgia, Young Harris, Georgia. Uh, it is a card-playing, card-based role-playing kingdom-building adventure game with wow. dice. And you know. I watched the whole video, and I encourage you to watch it. It's the cutest little video I ever saw. Is it on Kickstarter or what? It is on Kickstarter. Um, I believe they already uh, achieved their goal. There's just a few days left. It's super cute. Watch the video. It's just it's adorable. Um, pretty easy to figure out just cards and do what the cards say, and it's just it's just cute and evil. Um, see, I'm not going to say anymore, so you guys have to have to tune in. Let's see. That was number three. Where did I put number four? 
Oh, there it is. Oh, that's uh, weird. You must be left-handed. You did it backwards. I did. I did. I didn't come across these things. That were, um, Arkham Horror, are you familiar with that? Because everyone's familiar with that. It sounds very Except me. It's Batman-like. A, it's a role-playing game, and similar oh. to other role-playing games, mm-hmm. when your people call and last minute and say, hey, I can't mm-hmm. make it, and you're already here, and you're waiting to play. and, and can't. Uh, They have a solo play mode that they oh, really? just came out with, so you can, you can play by yourself. Oh, if you want cool. to. Yeah. And sad at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, terrifying. Like, <laughs> and terrifying. Arkham Horror. I know. Yeah. Have you played it? Do you know? No, yeah. but I've read lots of Batman comics. I'm very familiar with Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Does so anything much do with Batman? I didn't read that it did, but it I must. believe him. What? Because he's Paul. <laughs> no. Okay. And then Zombicide is apparently a game that already exists. It has a second edition out. It's got new art, new minis, new expansions and adventures. Zombicide. I'm I don't not a like real zombies. I know, I was gonna say that, they but I don't want to alienate everybody. Yeah. They bore me. They don't scare me. They scare they bore me. me. Oh. Your arm's falling off. You're mm. eating brains. I don't even see it. I don't even see the attraction. Anything that happens in a swarm. Yeah, that's true. Swarms make things bad. Okay. Z Man Games uh, has um, they've had a game for the last five years called Pandemic Survival. You ever played that? No. You're nodding like I think you played these, and then I asked you, <laughs> no, and you haven't. No, uh, so they've So they've been doing this for a while now, but there's a new edition out. Humanity is in danger. Barbarians, disease, floods, and Cthulhu are all coming to get us, and they must be stopped. Um, Z-Man Games has already posted this year's events. I guess it's a very uh, cooperative um, mm-hmm. role-playing game that you can play with other people People really enjoy Pandemic. They're really into it, and it looks kind of scary. It looks like you have to really mm-hmm. cooperate with a lot of people. I don't think I'll be partaking. I don't like to cooperate. No, I'm me either. I'm not cooperative. Like to attack. Well, D&D um, is a kind of a cooperative game. Well, it depends how yeah, you play it. but that's just you guys, <laughs> and it's fun. Um, so this mm-hmm. this one doesn't necessarily count as horror, that, 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 depending that's on... That's like a very strange sort of um, profile there. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, this is a horror-related game. It's called Disgrace to the White House with Race in capital letters. We are a non-political podcast. Non-political yes, podcast. Yes, I thought you'd... Uh, yeah, they come with these cute little playing pieces. <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone's head and profile. Yes, and I watched the video, and you'd almost think it comes... Uh, it, it's way beyond Kickstarter. Yes, it was, okay. and it's done and just up there. Uh, it is... Let's face it. Let me just read this, because... Okay, yeah. go ahead. We're in a poop storm. Every day there's something coming out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Not going to read that parenthetical part. It is embarrassing to the nation and dangerous to the world. If this were a fiction story, no one would ever believe it. So we made up a board game that almost writes itself. Disgrace to the White House uh, by, uh, let's see, uh, Tiny Hands Games out of Seattle. Yay. Uh, It is an R-rated satirical board game uh, where you are trying to take over the presidency. Uh, It's a board game for people with an IQ over 50 across the globe. Is that high? Is that low? Am I? That's 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 low, and it's a little rude. But <laughs> in between protesting, marching, and crying into your pillow, let's all laugh a little bit too. Disgrace to the White House offers catharsis during these trying, fact-free, tiny hands times. Players brush up in the Electoral College, the envy of authoritarian fascists, fascists worldwide, as well as DJT's certifiably insane tweets, and blah blah blah. So you're basically trying to take over. And uh, yes, the pieces are shaped in the profile of a certain political figure. 
that yeah all right interesting anyway. and then uh this is kind of horror related and i just want to mention again because my little buddy uh trenton Payne, oh, um yeah. the cats of you, cthulhu uh, it's actually on kickstarter for three more days but by the time this airs it yeah. will be, it will be fully funded and, and, and it's so fully funded yes. uh Gilgamesh games it's an awesome, it's awesome. I, as soon as i find friends i'm gonna play it well, i'll play with you and i found mm-hmm. so many interesting games that i decided to make next podcast game theme Games from other countries. Oh, there's some fun. cool, trippy that's stuff cool. out there. And that concludes my segment. Were you scared? Was anyone I was frightened? I was scared. I was uh, yes, scared. I was shaking. Okay. That might well, be the good. DTs. That was, a, that was a good list. Um, Thanks, man. But to add to that, um, please do. <laughs> I will add to that. I, I knew that you would. Those of you that love Pathfinder First Edition, I know you're probably sad because Paizo put out Pathfinder Second Edition. But if you still love First Edition, there's still products out. Check out Kickstarter. Right now, it's called Path of the Wild. It's the next adventure after um, Path of Shadows and Path of Iron. So check that oh. out. It's a lot of paths. It's first edition, but uh, if you like a lot of math and you like 3.5 old D&D and you like Pathfinder, check it out. Uh, it, we, there's 18 days left to go as of today, which is on October 28th. I like math. Is there like long division though, or is it just your basic addition and subtraction? Oh, Carry the one. Of different math. All kinds of I math. I don't do any linear equations yeah, or yeah. like so calculus. Like edition, there's not not as much math in D and D. D and D with addition. But anyway, uh, we got Games Workshop is coming out with a couple of figurines. Sorry, which is very cool. Burped in your Adaptus, face again. Titanics. Sorry. Okay, it's okay. Uh, uh, We've got um, Aeronautic Imperials, Heavy Orc Bombers. Oh. Nothing scary like a bunch of Orc Bombers coming. No, that's like like the um, Orcs hanging it out over the edge. Um, (laughs) No, but check it out. Games Workshop. You're just like my my dad. You just had to bring it to that level. Adaptus Titanicus. I don't know this game, but anyway, it figures triggering the giant robot alert. Sure Why are you trying to read these big words? Um, Battle Tomes for Age of Sigmar. Check that out. That is out. And some Middle Earth stuff. So, cool. Uh, just go to Games Workshop and order those new releases. Thank you, Games Workshop. Thank you. Thank you, Games uh, Workshop. Pushing out all those people that love miniatures. Do you yes. love miniatures? Um, I love when other people have miniatures. Yeah, I don't have <laughs> any miniatures because I can't paint them. I used to have, I, my, I used to have yeah. Smurfs back in the eighties. I had like ten of them. I would like to have miniatures, but I'm not going to paint anything. That counts. There's we got a lot of friends that have played miniatures, but we don't work yeah. very bad at the painting. But if you, uh, by the way, if you want us to comment on miniatures or any other tabletop games or cons, then email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail dot com, or tweet at us at um, at geeks of Cascadia, or Facebook us at geeks of Cascadia. You can or have your five minutes of fame right here on this show. You can take a show. small piece of dried, stretched human flesh, write your question down, stick it under your pillow. Uh, what about the raven? And then sleep oh. on top of it, and then we'll get it and we'll give you a response. And by the way, we want to give a shout out to whoever is listening from Torrance, California, because I noticed that you are listening to our podcast. Don't know why? But keep listening. <laughs> Thank you, give Torrance, us California. Stars I've been to Torrance. Yes. Listening us to. Listening us to, listening, listening us to, from, 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 on, from, on, whatever. And then? Give us five stars. <laughs> Tell us how great we are. That'd be awesome. Because we're very desperate people. I know we're all in a hurry to get to the interview and the game review, but yes. have you checked out no, I'm fine. the um, um, Encounter Builder on D&D Beyond? 
Yes, I, I use it against you guys. Oh, you do? Okay. Mm-hmm. I just finally checked it out today. I finally got an email from them saying, it's like, hey, here's this thing. It's in beta. Mm-hmm. It's great. So in like in like literally 20 seconds, I built an encounter mm-hmm. that features um, seven abyssal chickens. Those to, to take yeah, on to t- take yeah, on to take on four attack you in a horror that's dangerous. Yeah, four um um three level um players. Three level yeah. players. Yeah. Didn't, like, didn't we dine on an abyssal chicken? We might last, soon. Uh, Some of you guys next did. time I fill in, we might. So uh, yes, I have used the uh, encounter builder. Unfortunately, encounter builder does not account for bad rolls from the DM. Which no. is why you guys just rip through just, all my encounters. Yes, and we're badass. That's well, that's kind of the check and balance of any <laughs> awesome it. character, isn't it? How so. well you freaking roll. I guess so, yeah. And if you allow, allow variance, things get you know, harder for the DM. So what do you want to go to first? I think we Your should house. go to um, Tony Van Lu, creator of Not In My City. All right. Tony. Not In My City. That's All right. right. This section of the podcast is brought to you by Around the Table, Linwood's premier game store and hangout for game lovers of all ages. Buy a game, play one of ours, or join us for a drink. Whichever you choose, you'll have a great time. Around the Table Game Pub. Now back to our show. Hey, geeks. I'm with Still Paul, and we've got a guest with us, Tony. How's it going, Tony? It's going great. Tony here is developing a game. He's a game designer. You see it right here, not in my city. Mm -hmm. So, Tony, tell us about your game. Well, it's a cooperative superhero board game Mm -hmm. where uh, you could play as many heroes as you want. Okay. It can be played by one to uh, 24 players, I guess, because there's 24 heroes in the game. So these are pre-generated characters? Pre-generated characters. Can you make your own characters? Not in this None. version. Okay, great. And um, each mm-hmm. character has a specific ability, a unique ability that lets it uh, break the rules in, in some manner. Okay. Which is the superhero uh, power. Cool. Um, the object of the game is to fight crime and defeat supervillains. Okay. Okay, cool. And you, you wander around the city. The board is just uh, mm-hmm. 12 different areas of the city. And with crimes and supervillains in each area. Okay. And you choose a crime to take on, and you defeat the crime or not, and you defeat the the villain, or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there a game master involved, or this is all um, with cards drawn and? Um, it's all with cards okay. drawn. All okay. the players are uh, the team together, okay. working together. Cooperative game. Cooperative okay. game. Great. So the expansion. That, that may come out in the future. Maybe some backstabbing. Maybe villains or something like that. Who knows? It might. Or we could uh, decide to have a, a specific city. Okay. okay. And I the like map that. board is, is... Come by Lake Stevens. Nice little city. <laughs> now, uh, hey, so I'm curious. You know, I've, I've been playing tabletop games. I know you probably have. Paul has. Is How different is this from, let's say, those that might be listening to this, vi- Villains and Vigilantes, uh, the current Marvel... And DC games they got out there. The old—I don't know if you remember the old Marvel from uh, the '80s that came out. I, I actually still have that one, Marvel Superheroes. Mm-hmm. How is it different from from that? Well, those are role-playing games, and this mm-hmm. is this is a board game. Right. Um, you can you have your character, and you can uh, identify with them, I suppose. But um, 
this this isn't a role playing game per se. Okay. It's it's a board game, a card driven mm-hmm. board game. Okay. And so you're you're with Playtest Northwest. You're, you're mm-hmm. they're helping you out kind of. Um, flesh out this system. Where are you in the game design portion of it? I know you have a very nice box. Uh-huh. I saw mm-hmm. your tape. I saw the board out there. So you've come uh, kind of far along in the process. So where are you right now? In this? Right now, uh, game systems are pretty well set. Okay. Uh, we're just working on game balance. Make sure that the game is a challenge, but uh, you don't work so hard that you want to rage quit the thing. Okay. And uh, and I'm really I'm looking for somebody who'd be willing to uh, talk about publishing the thing. Okay, awesome. You hear that Avalon Hill? Yeah. Or somebody, Paizo, <laughs> whatever. Tony's available for you. So Tony, what what inspired you to kind of, I mean, get it just actually design a game? I mean, that's that's not easy. Well, I've been playing games since I was, uh, oh, I guess about seven or eight, mm-hmm. with my first Helen of Toy games that I got out of comic books. Okay. You remember comic books? I do. <laughs> I have a whole. I've got long boxes. He does. There you go. Yeah. And uh, and I wasn't playing games more than about two months before I started trying to. Well, I can do this at least as good as these guys. Yeah. You know, and finally, well, I got married, had kids. Yeah. Been there. You know, <laughs> still there. That was kind of a time suck for a while. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but after the kids are gone and. Um, and my life has gotten more towards the retirement end. Okay. And and I know I have some more time to, to follow my dreams, what I That's want to do. cool. So if we can't, uh, if, if the listeners or the viewers here can't catch you here at Dragonflight, um, where else can they catch you at to, to play this game? Um, well, I'm in Bremerton, so I go to the uh, Tuesday night Dragon Horde in Silverdale. Cool. Okay. They have a Tuesday night game night, and I take my games there. And if I can convince some people mm-hmm. to come and play with me, we'll, cool. we'll play some test. That future, sounds fun. Future conventions you're thinking about maybe doing too? Well, I will be at PAX. Okay, hear that? PAX. Tony will so, be there. All right. Come on by, All right. and we'll play. All right. Cool. You got anything? I think I said, well, when did you go with superheroes? Is it your love of comic books? Yeah. or? Well, comic books. I'm a DC. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I'm a, I, I, I'm, a DC, I'm, I'm a DC as well. I get lots of. I'm a DC, <laughs> but my uh, a really good friend all through high school was of Marvel. Yeah, and we got were a good, good friends. Friend. Uh-huh. Got, got a good, good friend there, Tony. Yes, <laughs> and and he put up with me, and so we mm-hmm. kept each other. Even though he was Avengers, for some reason, mm-hmm. Avengers just does not sound as friendly as Justice League. Right to my ears, <laughs> but he was Avengers, and I was Justice League, and we kept each other current on what oh, is going okay. on and so uh, I am familiar with comics up until you know 80s and are you the only one that's developing this game you got friends helping you develop this oh, game I'm, I've got tons of play testers okay. but, but this is, this has been all my project all wow. my writing it's a stuff. labor of love uh, it looks like you put a lot of love into this thing so oh, definitely Tony good luck I hope you get a publisher you know maybe you should Kickstarter, that might be an opportunity. Yeah. You, want. I, you know, Tony, could you, do you do you need any help with social media or anything like that to help <laughs> you out? I mean, looks like you got a good game here. You know, we got, just got to get it out there. So, uh, yep. so check it out. We'll, we'll have some um, photos here uh, too while we're doing this interview. Okay, so people will see your game. So, Great. all right. Uh, is anyway, um, 
are, are you willing to have anyone contact you? If, if I, have a, I have an email. Okay, cool. go ahead. It's, a, it's not AOL, is it? Just no. Tony. Go it's, ahead. it's Juno. Oh. Almost as bad. Oh, wow. Holy cow. T-V-L-I-E-W uh-huh. at Juno.com. All right. Again, Tony, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Appreciate well, thanks that. for having me. All right. Take care, man. All right. Hey. All right. Thank you. Oh, it's so great talking to Tony. I love going to Dragonfly. I love talking to the game creators. And Tony is one of the best. It's like, um, this game sounds so much fun. And I just mm-hmm. cannot wait for um, more Dragonfly and more Rookicon so we can talk to more game creators. Looking forward to that. Yeah. We're going to have a lot more interviews in uh, January, I hope. That'd be kind of cool. I hope so, yeah. Well. By the way, I just want to put this in for our listeners out there. Thank you, first of all, for listening to us. I know we got some dedicated folks out there. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I do want to apologize. We had some um, technical problems with our video. Yes. Didn't quite sync right. Um, had It was not us. It wasn't us. It was YouTube. It was Paul. Mostly Paul. And no, and it was not that me. It was entirely Paul. It was not me. <laughs> My and before is perfect. Yes. Uh, no, it's... it's we, we had some technical problems. So I, I, I reposted the video with Kyle from Item Woodworks, and I'm going to I'm going to recut and repost separately the video with um, David Gerard from Junk Spirit Games on YouTube. For people like YouTube, is this going to be one short little file of us talking about of, of the interview? Because I want to be fair to these these, mm-hmm. these game designers uh, or they're woodworkers, depending on what you do. Yeah. To need to get it out there because they're really good interviews, but they it's unwatchable because of YouTube. I mean, folks, we don't have the best let's, equipment. Let's not oh, play no. the blame game here now. That's some but bad karma. Yeah, we do a lot of work. Paul and I do a lot of work on this podcast. Eddie. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, I, I do about five minutes worth. Just shows up and drink. Beer. Yeah, so Re- Rebecca re- um, re- researches the games while I do the con news. Is yeah. that I do. I work about fifteen minutes a week on and, this. Uh, you're going and you're going to certain cons like Geek Girl Con. Yes. You're going to provide me with equipment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you did well last time. Remember, you had your own equipment. Yeah, it didn't work though. It didn't work yeah. though. It didn't work the second time. Well, because she went to well, the I guy's went to house. His house. I can't go to all their houses, <laughs> or can I? Why can't you? <laughs> maybe That's I'll just weird. maybe <laughs> I'll just network at Geek Girl Con. Sure, you, you know, yeah, around. why not? Well, new plan. Since uh, we need to get on with the next thing, which is the game review from our and what, what is what is it called? Each tabletop Qu- game review. Qu- What's the game? Oh, Quacksquidlinburg. Quidlinburg, yes. Quintessentially, quirl- quirl- I don't quack. Are you trying to be funny? I was trying <laughs> to do some alliteration with the Q, but I don't know that many Q words. There's not so many. There's, There's not, not so many. There's only like six. There's like a half yeah. page in the dictionary. Are there? Yeah, it's okay, like well, but I don't page. know them all. Interesting. Well, let's go hear what they have to say. Yes. Hey Geeks, it's time for another Tabletop Review. I'm Kelly and this is Doug and today we're doing Quacks of Quedlinburg. Quacks of Quedlinburg. Quacks of Quedlinburg. It is the, the most recent Spiel des Jahres winner in the Kenderspiel category. Kenderspiel. Kender... It did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. That's fine. You don't have purple ones out yet, but we'll get to that. I don't have those out yet because they're coming out later, Doug. Yeah. So in this game we play as Quack Doctors uh, and the... Uh, Middle Ages, I guess. 
Uh, basically selling snake oil and things like that. We're alchemists. We're making potions. Well, yeah, we're brewing potions with the various ingredients that we can get uh, from around town and out in the wilds. Um, and we're kind of seeing who can brew the best potion each round and gain some points from that. Yeah. Uh, it's one to four players, ten and up, and uh, it plays about half an hour to 45 minutes. It's two to four players. Two to four players. Two to four I lied. Yeah. Two to four. This game was designed by Wolfgang Warsh. Uh, you may remember him when we uh, reviewed Ganshon Clever yep. uh, from last episode. That This is quite a step up from that, but it's still a nice strategy game, kind of similar to that dice game. Um, it's got artwork from Dennis Lahausen and also Wolfgang Warsh. Um, and I like, I like the artwork on this. It kind of fits the theme of the game, which is is nice. And I mean... The chips are really nice, the player boards and everything, well designed, so. We'll get you a zoom in later and you can take a look at it. Yeah. So this was published by North Star Games in America and uh, Schmidtspiel in uh, Europe. Okay. It took a while to get over here um, in America from when it was it's published over in Europe. Currently unavailable. But it's still currently unavailable over here <laughs> in the States. Like, no one has it and we've got it back ordered. I've been told I can't ask Doug how we got his copy. I bought it. I bought it at the store. <laughs> I bought one of two copies that we got at the store. I think I played it with Chris, and he ended up buying it that same day. Okay. So, yeah, but we've got it set up for a two-player game, and we'll uh, give a zoom in on that so you can see what's going on. All right, so we've got the player board set up here. Everyone's going to get a elixir bottle, a rat tail token, and a water droplet token. Everyone starts at zero because you just have the water in the potion to make it go, or for ingredients. Um, the beginning of each round is a fortune teller phase. Well, after we randomly shuffle the fortune teller cards, we're going to reveal one. It either has an instant effect, which is typically a purple background, or kind of an during the round uh, effect, which is a blue background. This one says, after you've placed your first five chips in your pod, you can either keep going or take them back and throw them back into the bag. Once. Which is very useful, but you can only do that once. So once we've done that, we'll do the potion phase. This is the press your luck mechanic of the game where you want to go until either you want to stop or your potion explodes. Now your potion explodes by having more than seven total value of white ingredients. And we both point to it. So these white ingredients, white chips have a value on them. All the chips have a value on them. But every time you draw one from your bag, so go ahead Kelly, blind to draw one from your bag, you'll place it a number of spaces after the last ingredient equal to its value. So the pumpkin gets placed one, the white gets placed one, the spider legs gets placed one. I don't know the name of the ingredient for the white ingredient. This two gets placed two spaces away. And so during this phase, you'll kind of push your luck until, either, nope, that goes back one. That's right, I'll fix it. Until either you hit seven, which we hit seven exactly, because we've got a three, two ones, and a two for a total of seven. So at this point, we'll stop. You don't have to, though. You don't have to stop. You can keep going. But we know from what's in the bag in the beginning, there's only white chips left in the bag, and that'll cause us to explode. So after everyone's stopped, we'll go into the evaluation phase. So as we have stopped... Uh, we're going to take a time to check how many victory points and how much money we have, which is going to be using this bubble right here, which is one past the one that you stopped in. This square right here represents how many victory points you're going to get, and what's in the bubble represents how much money you're going to get. 
There's also rubies on here that you'll gain if it's on the last spot or if it's on that spot. You'll like gain it. Unfortunately, we covered up this ruby space on this turn, but as you can play through the game, there's a lot more ruby spaces that you could end up with. We also have here the potion. Uh, the potion can be used at any time uh, to drink the potion to put back the immediately last drawn white chip. Uh, if that chip causes you to explode, you can't drink the potion, but you can't. You have to make that decision when you draw the chip from the bag to instead of placing it on your potion, you drink your extra potion and put it back in your bag. So this is our scoreboard here. Uh, it also has the phases of the turn that we're going to have. Uh, as so well on the board, we have initial how many starting turns spots. we get and uh, what these happens are our on those turns. They also flip over so since we just 50s, went through turn one, once uh, you cross the 50 mark. So you're going to start here as you go around the board. We have our turn tracker. So right now we're on turn one. And on turn two, we'll unlock the yellows. And on turn three, we'll unlock the purples. And then on turn six, we add more tokens to our bag. And turn nine, the game is over. We'll go over what the specific happens of that, what happens specifically on that turn in just a second. So, evaluation. These are the orders in which things happen. Uh, whoever has gone the farthest on their potion, or has the highest number, will get to roll the bonus, the bonus die. Bonus die has various different types. Pips, yeah. faces. Faces. Has various different faces. Uh, such as this one says you get to move your water droplet, and that's a permanent move on your water droplet. This one you get a pimp pumpkin. These are victory points, rubies, and more victory points. And more victory points. So whoever goes the farthest on their potion gets to roll this die. Next, we're gonna go through uh, score any moths, spiders, and oh, what are these guys? Ghost's breath. Ghost's breath. The purple tokens. Yes, the black, green, and purple tokens. <laughs> then we'll see who stopped on a ruby, score victory points, and then we'll buy chits. Then, as we reset the round, anybody can spend two rubies to move their water droplet or refill their potion. Now, if you explode during the round, um, you have your choice either between gaining victory points or gaining money to spend. In the early rounds, it's very useful if you do explode just to gain money to spend so you can keep adding new chips to your bag for future rounds. So as players move around the track and they, ex they get victory points for things, whoever's behind, if you're behind any other player and there is a rat tail between you and that player, you get to move your rat tail up one, which means you're from your water droplet, and that's where you start to place your chits. So as I have it here, green would get one, two, three rat tails, and red and blue would get one, and yellow would get none. It's a very, very nice catch-up mechanic for those lagging behind in case their pot exploded and they didn't get any points and they decided to buy stuff. I've had games where you can very much easily catch up from being behind um, with those rat tails. Kelly will go ahead and show you the player board just to kind of show you what placing a rat tail would be like. So this is your rat tail. Looks like a rat. Uh, so this is blue, they would get one rat tail. And Very this simple. would be their first spot. And then yeah, placing after that rat tail. Very simple catch-up mechanic. Um, 
As we play through the game, we'll unlock the, the Mandrake and the Ghost's Breath as we play through the rounds. Round six, everyone gets another white chip, white one chip into their bag. Go ahead and throw that in there. For the last round, round nine, everyone is going to be drawing one chip at a time, keeping it in their hand, and then they'll all reveal it at the same time. This way, everyone can reveal if they want to stop by not revealing anything. So, at where the potions phase before was everyone drawing until they wanted to stop and you would tell people that you stopped. This one, it actually kind of enforces that stop. Uh, we found that people were goading each other on to see who would get to roll the die. Uh, and this kind of prevents that. The I bet you can go two more or I'm at 32. Bet you can't beat my 32. Mm -hmm. I like it a little bit that way. Yeah, the goading doesn't happen and you can kind of see what your opponents are at at the same time and kind of guesstimate how much you want to push your luck to try and beat them for this last round. Because also in this last round, there is no spending, but you'll convert your money from a five to one to victory points. So every five money you have, you'll get one victory point. Which can be useful because towards the end of the game, you start to get up into the 20s and 30s uh, of value potion. And your rubies are traded in at a 2 to 1 for victory points. So very, very decent end game scoring. Alright, so for every game, we're going to play with pumpkins and we're going to play with moths. They're always a value 1 and they always cost 3 for pumpkins and 10 for moths. Pumpkins are just basic filler. They're like coppers and dominion. Um, very, very basic for what they do. The moths, um, depending on the number of players that you have, there's a side for two players and a side for three or four players. Basically, if you draw more moths than anyone sitting next to you, you get a bonus to move your water drop at a space or to move it a space and gain a ruby. Very nice. Now, each of these other add-on ingredients um, have multiple varieties. There's actually four varieties for each of them. And depending on how kind of advanced of game you want to play, you can decide that when you're setting up. So for the basic game, so Kelly's showing multiple different sides. For the basic game, for the toadstools, whenever you place a toadstool in your pot, if there's orange ones in there, if there's pumpkins in there, you get to move your red ones in additional space or two additional spaces. It comes in values one, two, and four. For a different vow or for a different cost for each, um, actually all of the the red, blue, green, and yellow blue ones are kind of a fortune telling, scrying type thing where depending on the value that you have, you draw out that many more, and you may place one of them into your pot as though you had just drawn it from your bag. This is very useful if you want to add more greens to your pot without drawing any white tokens very useful for that so getting the the twos and fours towards the end of the game can be very helpful now we've got the green ones the spider legs they are they give you an effect if they're the last or next to last chip in your pot so you can if you're going towards having a fairly large pot or close to exploding if you have one in your last or next to last spot you'll gain a bonus for it in this case uh, mm -hmm. you'll gain a ruby they're an incentive to stop. Useful. Yeah, they're, they're an incentive to stop. Yellow ingredients, which are the mandrakes, get unlocked uh, in round two. They let you, it, whenever you place it, if your previously placed chip is white, 
you get to put that white chip back into the bag. So that's very useful in case you draw the two and three chips. Uh, you get to put them back into the bag. The immediate last, if the last chip you placed. Yeah, was white. Yeah. So very useful. And then we get to the points chips, which is the purple chips. They only come in values of one. But um, during the evaluation phase, for every one, two, or three chips you have in your pot, you'll gain a certain number of victory points or rubies or water droplets. So those are, are very useful early on in the game. If you can get them in round three or four, they can be useful towards the end of the game. You start accumulating extra points, and as you buy more of them, you get more extra points that you wouldn't otherwise get. Um, but they are... They're kind of like pumpkins in a way, though, too. They don't really do much. They don't interact with any of the other ones the way everything else does. Mm -hmm. Now, during the evaluation... Or, not during the evaluation phase. Yeah, during the evaluation phase, where if you go to buy chips, you can buy one or two chips for whatever amount of money that you have. You don't get any change back, but you can't also buy the same chip uh, in the same round. So you can't buy two ones of chips, or two blue ones, um, you would have to buy a blue one and a different one. You can't even buy a blue one and a blue two if you had enough money for it. You have to buy different types of ingredients uh, during the evaluation phase. Yeah. For example, we had 10 points in our put in our potion this time around, uh, so we could buy a toadstool two or a blue two, uh, or we could buy like a... God, I just had it. There's no sevens. It bothers me that there There's are no, no sevens. There's no sevens. That is something There's no elevens out. either. Okay. There's no elevens. Um, but since we had ten, we could also buy a moth, which is a pretty good, e uh, decent one early on, uh, because you can start moving that water droplet pretty good. A uh, couple different styles of play strategies uh, is buying the most expensive toadstool you can and then using your remainder on whatever, or not the most expensive piece you can because it's the biggest piece you can buy or buying as many pieces as you can. So buying a four and a six would give you two more pieces to dilute your bag of those white pieces. Mm -hmm. I found it's also good that if you're, because purchases go in the turn order, if you're last to buy and no one else has bought a black for the round, you just go ahead and pick up one of those and try and get it for the next round. This is a very, very easy strategy game with multiple um, strategies that you can do basically we've got the different types that you can play this one is really nice for gaining bonus chips it's just however complex you want to play the game you can set it up for that um, yeah we'll be right back with our final thoughts so what'd you think Doug I like the game uh, I do think it definitely deserves the the win for the Kenner spiel um, I like that there's a varying degree of difficulty for the, the ingredients that you put out. I have found that, I don't know about when you played it uh, with Jason, but whenever we played, you would barely break 50. Like we had the one game with Chris and he just shot above like almost 60 points. But I found that no matter kind of what varying degree of difficulty we played, there was only like one or two people getting above 50. I think that comes down to how efficient your bag was, because the third time I was playing, I was hitting, I was overflowing my pot last two and a half rounds, and so that's already 30 points, mm -hmm. plus what I'd already earned earlier in the game. I ended up with like 70 some odd points. 
Yeah, I just find it weird that when I play that 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 tends to happen. I saw Chris play it one time at his house, and they got above sixty, and they were just doing the basic one. So maybe it's people's strategy for just learning the game um, that kind of limits them on that. Well, or the game how we much played when we were in, in the second mode, mm-hmm. that was a little bit higher scoring. This particular version is relatively downplayed. It's not very complicated. You're not having the massive interactions you're getting. You're not pushing as far as you would mm-hmm. be. Um, so you wouldn't see those high scores. I think the one with the Mandrake route where it doubles the next chip you draw probably could have some benefits oh, for, that one was insane. for getting higher value pots. Yeah, as long as you have the Mandite root and then everything else in your pod is relatively large, except for those few one drops that you have to, mm-hmm. that's insane. But then it becomes drawing the right thing at the right time. So, like, um, With the, the reds and the yellows yeah. tend to be very much, like, timing on when you draw them, which you have no control over, versus the green, which tells you when to stop. Uh, and all of them are kind of that way of the last one or the second to last one. It kind of encourages you to stop on that green one to get that bonus. Uh, versus the blue one, which is always helpful. Uh, it's not that one. There's this stupid one. For it's the like blue one? No, no. They can't see that. Uh, they can't see that. They can't, can't see, see that. that, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm pointing at the wrong things. This is a third level yellow, and it, uh, depending on how many yellows you already have on your board, increases the point at which you explode. Oh yes, that one. That one is nice. (laughs) That's just, like, they get more complicated as you go. It's... Oh yes, it's more advanced, um, but I like it. Um, I mean, I would probably still play rank one, uh, pretty much all the time. Yeah, this is the one that adds the value of the white to the value of your red when you place your red. After you place the red. If you play a red after you play a white, it adds the value of the white. If the previous place chip was white, add its value to the red chip yeah. and move the red chip that many places. So one, two, or three extra spaces. And then as soon as one or more red chips are in your pot, your white chips move farther. So you see those interactions that... Somebody's like, oh, what if we do this with this thing? And, like, so they came up with all of these cool things that you can get. uh, And you start really accelerating out of your potion. Yeah, the the fortune teller cards are nice because sometimes it'll give you bonuses for rat tails that you could get for the round. It just gives everyone a free chip of their choice or maybe some rubies, possibly some victory points to help you catch up. Um, Or the choice. We're the one that... You can get five victory points right now, or remove a white chip from your bag. I think it was four victory points. Four victory points. But But if you get that, like, round one or two, you... I've seen where you almost always take the white chip, so it prevents you from exploding in those earlier rounds a little bit easier. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I think it's just incredibly variable. They've got four different just basic versions you can play, and then you can flip everything over... And you had a second water droplet, so you can get these things. It's yeah. So anytime you get a water droplet, you gain. You can move your bottom water droplet to gain a one-time bonus of either rubies, victory points, and it looks like chips. Yeah. So that can be useful. And have you played it with the variant? I have not played it with the variant. Okay. I haven't but either. I haven't played this. Like I haven't played this side with all of the different variants with just the books yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredibly variant. Uh, 
Replayability is Puzzle nice. Puzzle pieces. Yeah. Downside, there's a lot of chits. There, there are a lot of chips. Um, I mean, they give you bags for everything, which is useful. I have all of my bags already with their pre-filled ingredients. So just in case... Um, They're wearing already? They are wearing a little bit, yeah, because I've played this game quite a bit. Um, but that's probably something you can contact the company about, maybe. They've got an expansion coming out that adds a fifth player and another couple ingredients. Uh, I'm not quite sure on the details, I just know that it's coming out. Um, for more players, which more players is always nice. It's good to have those games that go up to the five or six players. Yeah. See, even though it is four players, the time that you're spending is not waiting on another player's turn. Oh no, because the potion phase is all simultaneous, except for that last round, but we're all drawing at the same time, so it's the same amount of time for that round. At no most, you're waiting for somebody who can't make up their mind on what to buy. Because mm -hmm. they're overanalyzing Damn, everything. Damn, you get the same timer. Uh, there is a little bit of paralysis, but not really uh, when it comes to making the decision, and it's only when you buy things. Uh, oh, I'd say there's also some things when, you, when you're debating on whether to stop, and then you feel in the bag to see how many chips you have left and how many of them might be white chips to cause you explode. I think there's a few minutes of time wasted doing that. Should I go? Should I not? Yeah. I hope that I can, but should I? I like, mean, Chris mm. did that so many times the other day when we played it. But a and lot it of that was like, a lot of that was him staring at somebody else. Is like I am one behind that person. I have three twos in my bag. One of them would cause me to explode. I bet I could possibly pull the one that would make me go past you and not explode. And then he explodes. And then he explodes. Yeah. On the other hand, I've never seen a reason to not explode on round one. I just haven't. I mean, if you get a ruby, maybe stop. If you, if you have, that might be the only draw reason. like four whites as your only draws. Yeah, that would be another reason to stop. The first four spots with victory points are all just one point, but they go increasing in, in money. So they don't double up the money until you hit 15, which is when you start your three victory points, at which point it becomes important to stop. But the first round, you're not going to get past 10. I think the f most I've gotten on a first round is like 12. We did 10 on the first one. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's 10 or 11 for kind of average. Uh, at worst, you're going to get 7. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you draw all of those things that cause you to explode, you're going to get I, 7. I think you'll get 8. So 1, 2. You have 4 you'll, you'll get to 7. Yeah. As the last so, chip, and then you'll get eight. At worst, you're gonna get eight. Yeah, and one so, point. So, pushing to explode and drawing that three, and getting eleven points to buy. Yeah, it's it's something the way as you play it. Yeah, <laughs> it's we talk personal about strategy. <laughs> yeah, um, so like I always say, we've got games in the pipe. We've got uh, feast for Odin. Feast for Odin coming up soon. I really want to do between two castles of Mad King Ludwig. Yeah, we probably have to try between two castles first. Well, I figured next we're gonna Whatever. play today, and then next week we'll do the review and play between two castles. Yeah, we do that sure. sure. But if you have any games you want us to try out, send us an email at geekscascadia at gmail dot com. Twitter also works at geeks of Cascadia. I don't think I have Instagram, but we've got Facebook as well. Oh, yeah. You get us up on there. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Quacks 
of Quinlanburg. That was fun. That was, was cute. Fun. I've actually played that game. Have you? I did. Did you lose? I don't remember. Was it <laughs> that fun? means he lost. Was it easy to? I, I'm pretty sure I didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. Doug taught me. Did you pick it up right away? Mm. Did you have to have explain oh, deal a few Doug times? Maybe Doug didn't. Maybe it was Chuck. You know what? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Well, anyway, I haven't played it. Was it was cute. I like it. I like the name. It was fun. I had a good time. Well, I think that's it for a show, but... Uh... I do want to throw, yes, throw one shout out. Um, we've got a new follower on uh, Twitter. No way. We do. <gasps> yeah, that happens once in a while. Is we've a got... mistake? No, it's, a, it's, a, it's another podcast. They does are... It does. Okay. They're oh. Kiwis. So okay. they're from... Um, they're not birds or oh, fruit. They're good from, day, mate. No, 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 no. no. Uh, they don't sound like we that at all. We just lost They hate us. Um, it's a fate of Essen. A fate uh-huh. of Eisen. Isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, I started listening to it. Listen no, to the, first, totally the, the first episode. It's a, it's a live D and D podcast. Okay. It's a, a Kiwi D and D podcast, and I love it. So, Fate of Isen. It's I S E N. I'm going to mm-hmm. put a little thing up here somewhere. Um, check it out, man. If you listen to our podcast, then listen to their podcast. Yes, <laughs> we should do a live. And then rate our podcast, and then rate their podcast. Yes. Give we should do a live stars. D&D thing, but we There'd tend to get a little There'd be a lot blue. of editing. No, you know, we you can guys. do... You know what's holding us back? All it's our cussing? Your job? No, software. Oh. Is that the thing? I'm working on that. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I have a four-channel f- interface, but I can only use two See, channels. See, we are old people, and we don't deal with we technology well. No. No. We do Sad. our best. I'm sorry for when we mess There's up. There's youngins out there just laughing at us. Paul mm-hmm. spends Easy. most of his time yelling at kids to get off their lawn. Yes, oh, that's right. Too, Even too. when they're not I'm usually there. just peeking out my mm-hmm. curtains like Mrs. Kravitz. I, I just wait oh, in my front yard thing, for kids Mrs. to get on my lawn. Right. Yeah, no yells at teenagers to turn I down yell their, at all of them. their devil music. I did. I did <laughs> just the other day. I went out with my rake. I said, you kids, turn that down, <laughs> filthy rot. Yes. It was after 7. <sighs> Man, I know, right? 7 a.m. Jeez. I know. <laughs> I mean, either, because, either seven o'clock. Because, because at seven, seven. Rebeculus watches Matlock. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I've got him TiVo'd Matlock and Murder She Wrote. All right. Indeed. Boom. That is, that is awesome. my idea of a good time okay. while doing cool. laundry. So uh, it is D&D night Getting tonight. Getting old is great. It is. By the it, way. It's, but it's, I'm leaving like, final for like campaign. finally though. your last one for DM. But I it's late. So, it's almost bedtime. It is. Is this going to be your so, last one? Just for, uh, for a while. For a while. For a little while. Yeah. Okay. What do you think so far? We gonna, okay. I think it's fun. I it's don't fun. know what happened last yeah. week because I wasn't there. So I, 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 I liked the, the, the race thing that you did. That was super fun. Well, good. I liked the arena thing that you did. The arena different. thing was quite fun. That was yeah. fun. That was neat. I was uh, I, I like was that. hoping for a, a bigger fight in the the hallway, but uh, you launched a bunch of ball bearings. And <laughs> By the way, yes. folks, if you play D and D. And you get a bag of ball, but that's part of your like equipment, starting equipment, and you laugh like I'm never going to use this. No, oh. you're going to use it. Oh. I'll use it. That's right. They all laughed at fog <laughs> cloud <laughs> too, didn't they? Yes. Great effectiveness. Yes, it works, man. Once in a while, <laughs> fog cloud, ball bearings. Right. Yeah. Once in a while, this just a simple stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Fog cloud. Shape water. Did you hear that, Doug? Fog cloud. <laughs> well, we should. Um... Maybe we'll talk about that. We know we got to do another D and D type. Uh, we do. We need. To, we we keep saying we're going to do sidekick rules. Yes. Yes. Oh, we got to do some of the adventures that you've done. Sure. DM. We've got to do those reviews. Okay. All right. All right, we can do that. Well, I think that wraps it up. I don't think I have any more el- 
Do I have any more to say? No, I don't. No more I little snippets no. of wisdom no, from your my, ancient my, my head's brain. full of stuff I want to say with stuff I'm I not going to say. I just have maybe a few things to say, which is embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast.